Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time, where we've been abandoned by Chris on the 11th hour and the 59th minute. Um, I've been given instructions. We can't read his writing, so we are going to go rogue, but I'm joined by Emma. Hello. And Justin. Hello. And yeah, enjoy the next sort of however long we managed to pad this out for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by contractual, by, by contractual, contractual agreement of getting Emma here, we'll start with the Women's Champions League final, where <laughs> Barcelona um, sort of taught Chelsea how to play football again, didn't they? Yeah, it was fun. It did, have, it did have strong 2011 vibes, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. The last Champions League final that the women were in, they were 3-0 down to Lyon in, like, 20 minutes. But this time we were, like, 4-0 up on Chelsea. And then hit the, par- hit the bar. And hit the bar, yeah. It wow. was perfect. It was just perfect. And they weren't even... I've seen them play better. Yeah, I was going to say, there was, the interesting thing about that start of the match was that uh, as ruthless as as Barcelona were, they got opened up a couple of times. Uh, they did, Chelsea, yeah. yeah, Chelsea, I forget who it was, had an absolute sitter from a set piece um, that got played in behind and side-footed over the bar, and then another chance or two. But in the meantime, every time Barcelona attacked, it resulted in a goal. They are just my happy place right now. <laughs> in the world of football, they are just... Perfect. They are goddesses. They are everything. In the league, they literally are perfect. Are they, are they not? <laughs> they are. They won eight 0 last night against oh Bilbao uh, with hangovers and have, having done no training. I mean, if you're Bilbao, you've really got to take a look at yourself there, haven't you? <laughs> we also got. Pre- they also got presented with the league trophy and had a huge party after. I think they've still got like maybe five games left in the league and a cup final. So. They can win the treble. I say can win the treble. They will win the treble. There's put all your money on it. Done. How how have they done it, Emma? How how has this how has this happened? How has the pa- balance of power shifted away from Leon uh, and to Barcelona? Because because Leon have been the dominant side in the Champions League in recent years. Yeah, um, I think they've just found the right like chemistry balance and they've made a few signings which uh have really worked out like caroline graham hansen she's amazing um and the coach luis cortez he's uh he's he's really good and they all love him and they play for 
each other. They have like this incredible team spirit and they they all seem to adore each other and that really translates to what they do on the pitch. Compared to Leon as well, like they're not a uh, from from a very much outsider's perspective, Leon always seemed like a bit of a Galactico team, right? They're full of full of stars and spending money and signing the biggest players, whereas that's not quite going on at Barcelona. Not really. I mean, we have like Imagines. She's like a star, but not. Yeah, we're not really like. We do not have, and I hate this term, Galacticos in that sense. They don't, because this is Barcelona and we have no money, and the women's team have to fight for every scrap that they get. We we can't spend money. <laughs> Just don't have it. At least they're not like Crystal Palace's women's team being paid for by, by Wilfred Zaha. Does he pay for them? I didn't know that. I don't think he pays for them in full, but I'm sure there was a, um, he donated some money to them from when he signed his um, his new big contract, um, which is a couple of years ago now. So imagine, imagine just Messi just just paying them. <laughs> that would be nice. Before he wouldn't even leaves. notice either. No, he wouldn't. Could have given them all prize money. Yeah, not that they made any prize money from the Champions League. Yeah, he could have, Messi could have covered it. Thanks for not making us a complete embarrassment. Yeah, he earns that, what they won in like two days. Hey, that's the uh, the different economic model, right? So, so it did, um, I mean, Barcelona absolutely won this game, but Chelsea had some, some other like, so Did Chelsea throw this away? It's just a case of being that much better. I've been trying to tell you all for a very long time that Barcelona are just better. We're just good. We're just really good. And I don't think there was anything really that Chelsea could have done. It was going to happen no matter what. Inevitable, was it? Yep, death and taxes. Inevitable. Because yeah. this Chelsea team are well, they are as good. No, I get that, but that's been that's been evidently made clear to us all. <laughs> They've like now lost one. They lost one game all season. Shame it was the important one. No, 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 in the league. Sorry, so they must have lost oh. at least. They lost at least two games. Oh, well, then Barcelona haven't lost any. We get that. Stop showing off. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the only good thing I have in my life. Stop it. I, I, I will say, Adam, they needed, Chelsea needed an otherworldly performance from, from Berger, the goalkeeper, who, in fairness, gave them that. Uh, a few of their league games down the stretch when they there still was a title race um, in England. And she... Unfortunately, didn't really turn in that kind of performance. I don't think she was particularly at fault for the goals, but they were they were so unorganized and so overwhelmed from the start of the game. And and the the answer to that kind of thing, this is something I sort of joyously specialize is is, is in whole team panics. And the gold standard for that is always going to be Germany seven, Brazil one, 
where uh, when the whole side panics, the reaction is for each player to think they must hunt the ball down themselves. So they completely break shape. And when you do that against uh, a side as good as Barcelona, who, uh, you know, and, and probably for the casual observer, too, who I know you've likened them to the 2011 men's side. And to me, they're they've almost got more cutting edge than that. They, it, it's not it's not just a female version of, of Tiki Taka. There's there's a probing and direct and individual threat to all their attacks. But if in, in addition to a, a wonderful passing structure and and Chelsea's I forget who the right back is, but she's very young and she had a torrid time and they would have just needed um, a burger to make a lot of brilliant saves and then B maybe be just a little more helpful with the shape and the structure. And, and just when you get overrun that early, keep your shape, sit back a little bit deeper, defend a little bit closer to your goal and just let minutes pass. Let the game, you know, settle a little bit without, unfortunately, if you're constantly kicking off, something's not going right. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, they, 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 I, I don't think there's any scenario by which they could win the game. The gap was is, between them is, is too big, but they could have made that a more difficult than uncomfortable match for Barcelona instead of having it wrapped up by the 25th minute. I think the likening to the, the 2011 was more to the, the way in which it seemed that you had a team giving an, an, an elite team giving another elite team an actual lesson in football. Yeah, for sure. No, no, yes. Yeah. I and it that. seems more... It seems more apt to you think about when I think back to that. You think that Manchester United team when you watched it from with English eyes, you're thinking, well, this Man United team is quite decent. They've done really well in the league, much like people would look at the Chelsea team. And then <clears throat> there just is a golf in uh, in class. Yeah. So is any of this on? Is any of the, those things that you talk about? They just should Emma Hayes have been doing more? She's got a new contract yesterday or today. I think I think that would be really harsh. Um, once the game has begun, you know, the manager is limited to how much they can influence what's actually happening on the pitch. Obviously, you get a chance to reset at halftime, but but um, that that team wide panic, which resulted in lots of players losing positional discipline because they felt like the answer was to tackle the ball. Um, that that has to that sort of leadership has to come from the pitch and I, I think they, the senior players that you would have expected to, to to keep their heads in that situation were some of the ones that were most guilty of it. So I don't really think anyone gets too much too much individual blame. They they just there was too much stacked against them. Emma, do we are we going to continue to see this this Barcelona team over and over again or? Are they showing everyone how good they are? And as you say, as a as a whole, Barcelona have no money, and the women's it does appear that the women's Super League is becoming uh, the same economic force that the Premier League is in the men's game. Are, are people gonna are we gonna see these <clears throat> these women sort of turning out for Man City, Chelsea in the in the coming uh, coming years? No, they'll they'll stay at Barcelona. Um... I don't know if the um, is that based um, on nothing but blind faith and hope. Why are you trying to take it away from me? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> why? I stay in Barcelona. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Rain's in Manchester. 
earrings in Barcelona too. But um, no, they're all they're all they're pretty young. So if they if I don't see why there's any reason why they won't stay together as a unit and dominate because they're very capable of it. Um, Surely Barcelona can find a few shekels to pay them, right? They're getting a hundred million pound loan. Yeah, but we're using that hundred million pound loan to pay our other debt. <laughs> so they're not going to see any of that. They've never had any money anyway, so they do what they can. So they used to be poor. They'll be okay with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But now they're poor with trophies, so it it balances out. This is where I wish the the world the the, the structure of the women's da- game didn't mirror the men's game. Because the competition for a side like Barcelona isn't in Europe, it's in the U.S. I would love to see NWSL teams be involved in, in, a, in obviously not, not the Champions League, but some kind of global tournament that was oh, taken as seriously as that. They are doing that. We're playing uh, some uh, women's teams in the U.S. Are you playing? season in the summer. Yeah, that's, that's good. friendlies in America. It's some tournament. I can't remember what it's called, but there's like... There's been, in the, the last several years, there's been something that gets renamed based on the sponsor, the International Challenge Cup or something like that. Last season... Yeah, there was an I in it. I remember that yes. much. Yeah, <laughs> this, it was it was COVID knocked it out last year, but the year before, Atletico, uh, Madrid, um, and Manchester City came over and played the North Carolina Courage and another NWSL team. I can't remember who now. Um, but but again, that, then that's it's still a little bit of an exhibition. Uh, yeah. And so it's good to see, but I would like to see, you know, something that's a little more uh, some, something more at stake, more official. What was that? Something something pan continental, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, and, and you know the men's game has 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 never really found a compelling way to make that happen with the Club World Cup and and Intercontinental Cup before that and all people barely pay attention to it um, because the sporting cultures are are so different and the the club structure now is. Um, if, if an English team isn't in it, you normally can't watch it in this country. Yeah, they don't even show it, and 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 South America is you know because for various reasons uh, at the club level they tend to survive by selling their best players to Europe and so it's difficult to have these straight competitions like that but again that's a it's a different dynamic um, in the women's game where uh, North America is a is a stronghold of, of talent and it would be good to see them put to this kind of test. Rory Smith often talks about something you said there Justin which is mildly infuriating about the the women's game is this sort of desperate need to be exactly like how the men do it. I don't yeah, think I mean, in terms, like you said, in terms of competition and structure and. I mean, I understand the, the reason for it because over a, the better part of a century and a half that they've found pretty effective ways to have all these competitions, but it just so happens that the women's game has evolved differently. Um, it isn't a big deal that North America is not involved in any sort of co- North American clubs aren't involved in any sort of competition against European clubs. They're not on the same level, um, but we don't know. 
if that would be the case um, on the women's side. We know that obviously the the U.S. national team is is dominant. We don't know if that would actually translate to the NWSL being able to mount any sort of serious challenge against a side as good as Barcelona are right now. But they're so different. It would be really fascinating to see. I would love to know. Uh, I'd like to get a chance to see it played out in a competitive rather than just an exhibition kind of way. I mean, I would say that doesn't mean you have to copy it. There's no need for there to be a Women's League Cup. No one needs Right. To. No, you, you, you're right. They, they don't have to copy because, again, because they just geographically doesn't, they don't have anything in place that, that accounts for this, that accounts for the, the, the women, the power bases in, in the women's game being Europe and North America, whereas in the men's game, it's Europe and South America. Uh, so it's just different. Sounds like a job for FIFA. I'm sure they'll handle it brilliantly. Ha. Uh, I'm sure we all have faith in that. Um, okay, well, with that, we can move on to the next and sec- second and only game. My work here is done. I've seen this weekend, this week. Um, Justin, tell us about what was going on in um, in Argentina. Right. Um, I- I'm sure anybody that, that has a Twitter account heard this story, but, but River Plate, have been badly hit by COVID cases in the last two weeks um, to the point of losing, I believe it was 11 first-team players, including all four goalkeepers. And they had to play last night um, against Santa Fe of Colombia with midfielder Enzo Perez, who was injured in goal and no substitutes. And it was a critical game. River were second in the group, but um, with fairly tight spacing and a away or home game with Fluminense to finish up the the qualification round um they were their progress was very much not assured um and they they did exactly what you would want your side to do if you were the outfield player stuck in goal they scored two goals in the first 10 minutes um and i think people are probably familiar like sometimes when a, a team gets a player sent off occasionally you will see a a, a really heroic effort um spurred on by the loss of that of that player and I think something similar happened last night with playing you know um, a midfielder in goal and then not just a midfielder a linchpin of the midfield so your team is weakened in two ways when this happens Uh, and so River just came out absolutely flying and Santa Fe didn't seem we were chatting beforehand and I said that it seemed to me that Santa Fe's approached it as if River had replaced their goalkeeper with a four-year-old child so instead of still building an attack through to get to the final third, they just immediately tried to put Perez under pressure by launching these long balls over the top, which he could then simply pick up being a physically competent grown adult human. Uh, so, so Santa Fe were, were pretty poor on the night, but they did get a goal back in around the 70th minute. And it was an extremely long and then around like six minutes of, of added time. It was a, a, a long, intense finish to the game, but but uh, nothing too scary down the stretch. And in the end, River won. And now now uh, there are all sorts of great Enzo Perez memes going around River Plate Twitter and South American football Twitter. And um, it was a pretty magical night for a River fan. I've seen a lot of things um in my life as a river supporter and most of the best ones have been in the last six years but 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 that was uh that was one of those where you watch 
you know, you almost watch through your fingers. You're afraid to, to see what's going to happen. And to score two goals in the first six minutes was, was obviously the best possible start. I'm sure you're really looking forward to um, to Chris judging, uh, asking you to uh, to critique <laughs> to critique the poor guy on any goal he let in later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, fortunately, there was only the one. He did do a couple of he did do a couple of things that that you know definitely did not look like a goalkeeper. There was a like a forty yard shot going ten yards wide, and he stumbled over and 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 dove awkwardly and pushed it behind for a corner rather unnecessarily. There was a little ball that popped up in front of goal that he sort of used two hands to swat behind for a corner with nobody challenging him but but again those are better options than than dropping it straight in front of goal so he took the safer options i guess and i it makes me think back to all the times in the season where carlo Ancelotti put two goalkeepers on the bench it feels a little gauche now it feels like we were showing off yeah well you what was the game um during i remember chelsea had two goalkeepers injured in, in one game um, back when during Marino, Mourinho's first years, I believe Czech and then Cudicini, one after the other, got injured, and they were left then with a, an outfield player in goal. Doesn't happen as often as it used to anymore. Coming put two uh, goalkeepers on the bench the other day for Barcelona because he said, "Well, what if the goalkeeper gets injured, and then what if the other one gets injured?" You can't argue with his logic. Yeah. You it's, really I mean, can't. It's a real belt on braces and ropes. Yeah. The what if the what if game could be used for literally any. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could you could say. It was a cup final as well. It was the cup final that we won. There were two goalkeepers on the bench. That is funny. So weird. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to goalkeepers. The last outfield player and goal I can think of was Kyle Walker. Yeah, and he did really, really well. I remember John O'Shea in goal for United. That's uh, I'm pretty sure it was at White Hart Lane. Um, the gold standard is um, the gold standard is Phil Jagielka in goal for Sheffield United right against Arsenal. Yeah, that was very good. Vinnie Jones did it and did it well. Um, although I, I think they were already losing that game pretty badly, where he went in goal, but but he made a few saves. Uh, they're all, they're, it's, it is the the best thing you can see in football, I think. Just I agree. The, I, I think it's magical too how somehow the the goalkeeper's top never fits. <laughs> it never fits. It's always ma- you know because a lot of goalkeepers these days are six foot four or something, and then they get replaced by a five eleven player, and it just hangs on them like a like a a, a bathrobe. Which, if anything, makes it worse, right? Because it, it it just makes them feel less intimidating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, that's probably what made them think that there was a four-year-old in goal. Maybe so, yeah, yeah. When he's not a big guy either, Enzo Perez, I, they definitely didn't go, you know, by height. I'm looking at some photos. I'm looking at some photos of him from some these match reports, and they're intent. They have intentionally picked some photos that make him look like he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Yeah, it. it yeah. You know what's funny too is that sometimes they pass the ball back to him and under a little bit of pressure, and that's the one time. I mean, he's a midfielder. Did he turn uh, into a goalkeeper? <laughs> he just he just went ahead and hoofed it out, and I just thought, well, that was your opportunity there to to play a little bit, but safety first. 
and that's that's the only thing exciting that's happened in the world of football, I think. <laughs> I mean, what else can we talk about? I mean, well, we I, I, you can talk about well, Alison's goal. I mean, it's yeah, probably covered. I was going to say, I think probably has been covered, right, by the weekend guys. I mean, that was certainly the, the story of the, the Premier League in the last weekend. I can't, I, I'm trying to remember what it was I was listening to or I was watching, but one of the people just going, why is no one marking him? Why is no one marking him? Because like, well, that's exactly why goalkeepers go up, because they now have, there's now a numerical advantage. No one can mark him. Well, there shouldn't be, though, because one of the, one of the Liverpool players is taking the corner. You, you oh. still you still should have um, you know you still should have a, a body available, but your goalkeeper can't mark someone. Well, no, true, true. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, and he's a big fella. Um, I think David David Priest wrote an article in the aftermath about how more goalkeepers should do this. Of course, it has to be the right scenario. It has to be where it doesn't matter if you concede. Um, or there's not enough time for the other side to, to break away and, and put a ball into the empty net. But it was an absolute fantastic header. I mean, that, that, there's been a lot of goalkeeper, you know, when you look at the goals that goalkeepers have scored, they're generally not very good. They're a, a, like the Tim Howard goal, you know, a great big, uh, just ball played as long as you can that the other goalkeeper misjudges. But Allison's was... Asmir Begovic as well, right? Yeah, 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 same. Asmir Begovic with the wind-aided... And the other goalkeeper misjudges it and it bounces over his head and goes in. Um, but uh, nah, Allison's was just a, a brilliant header. Did you ever ha- ever had a moment in your career? No, when- I, I I came kind of close to it as a schoolboy. Um, just just came rushing out of my box to clear away a ball over the top, and I just caught it dead on the half volley, and I did have a little bit of a wind behind me, and the. I looked up and realized the other goalkeeper was backpedaling furiously. Um, then I, for a second, I thought, is he not going to get that? But he did. Would you would you uh, would you apologize if he hadn't? Because I'm fairly sure Tim Howard and Asbjorn Vegic both sort of acted, yeah acted kind of embarrassed. I I think at that age I probably would not have. At that age I probably would have celebrated like an absolute goon. But um, but I'm much more sympathetic uh, to the way that that both Tim and Asma reacted to it. Um, I think you get reach a certain age and you realize how easily that could happen to you. It yeah. would not be a good feeling. Uh, well, in doing so, they've kind of ruined, well, have they ruined off any drama to the last, last day of the season? Cause there's not a lot to play for on Sunday. We've got, Look like it. No relegation. No relegation battle. We just got uh, a freeway playoff for the Champions League, which we all hope Liverpool don't get into, don't we? <laughs> That's the real prize. Well, yeah, and and I mean, I'm looking at it, and obviously they're level with Leicester, but they have a four goal. They're positive four on the goal difference. Um. And Liverpool have an eminently winnable game. I forget who it is. Do you know? Does anybody know? Who is it? Crystal Palace at home. Palace at home. Okay, yeah. That that. I mean, that's the kind of game they've managed to not win earlier this season. I mean, the, they're going to be up for Roy Hodgson's last last hurrah as well, right? Yeah. Well, there's there's no chance the goal difference gets overturned, but um, the only thing that could potentially happen is if Palace, you know, 
somehow snuck. And Christian Benteke has scored four four games in a row somehow. So you say the goal difference doesn't get overturned, but Leicester are playing Tottenham, who have a who have a who have a habit of full on last day collapses. That's true. That's true. Team, the, what lost five nil to New four or five nil to Newcastle? Yeah, yeah. The, and there's the famous the famous lasagna poisoning. <laughs> the lasagna gate. Yeah. Um, it, it's I don't know. You know, this this Liverpool team in this season has been very very strange. It's most likely going to end up with them nicking that fourth spot, and they'll get some some consolation from that and a lot of money. Um, but it never should have been as bad as it was in the middle of the year, and so they've they've somewhat righted the ship. And if they end up getting fourth, how many times will this be now that Leicester have been in such a good position? at Christmas and, and just seen it, you know, fade away. And is, and is honestly, is, is that all that can really be expected of a team with their resources and the, the size of their squad? The fact that they have to play their best players to keep getting results. They really don't have the squad to do a lot of rotation. And does that inevitably lead to this kind of late, late season malaise? So with that in mind, but also with the caveat that Harry Kane has come out in midweek and talked about how he wants to leave Tottenham. Is is Brendan Rodgers wrong to to turn down the top? Is the Tottenham job a bigger job? Um, a bigger job in what sense? Then then then. Leicester. Would you? Is it a step up from Leicester? Boy, that's a tough one. I I, I mean, I would say. Yes, on based on a couple of metrics that are important. One of which is is the wages that the players are paid, which is one of the most consistently predictable measures of where you're going to finish in the league. Obviously, not this season, as Leicester are finishing ahead of Spurs, but um, they do have a higher wage bill. And when, you the, when you look at the top three, it does it does kind of seem. Yes. Yeah. And then um, you just wonder also. Um, how much Brendan Rodgers has, you know, how important is is his salary at this point to him? How how has he done, you know, in in his career? Is that going to be an issue for him? Because again, you would expect um, that he personally would do better. Uh, only one, at, only one payoff hasn't managed Chelsea yet. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so. Um, I, I think I'd a push. I would say I would have to say yes, but but from a purely footballing perspective, maybe not so much. I mean, there's obviously there's obviously issues at Spurs, um, and and the Kane situation is only going to complicate that. I'll I'll say this now: he doesn't leave. I don't think he leaves. I think he stays at Spurs. I don't think that there are the takers out there that are going to pay what what Daniel Le- Levy will be willing to take. And I think that uh, he'll end up not going anywhere. That's an interesting take. If you're, surely if you're Harry Kane and his agent, you are not coming out with these statements unless you know someone's someone's promised you that they've got the, the firepower to get this done. Yeah, but a lot of times those things are promised by people who then don't have the full authority or or backing of the board you know that's it's very easy to have that conversation when you're not when you're just uh trying to initiate talks and initiate interest um, but then actually pulling the trigger on it i, I just feel like spurs are going to want um an unbelievable amount of money for him 
this is also the first post-COVID summer transfer window, uh, as it were. And we just don't know what players are going to go for, as they have done in, in, in the recent past. You know, Harry Kane last summer or in a situation with no COVID at all would have gone for an eye-watering amount. And that might be what what Daniel Levy would be willing to to part with him for. I'd just be very surprised if anyone does pony that up now. How much do you pay for a for a twenty eight year old with glass ankles? Yeah, that's the thing. Every every you know, every every season that goes by both sides can kind of strengthen their case. His agent can keep pointing to his continued uh, returns on the pitch because they're there. Um, but then he's another year older and there's more s- stretches out with injury. Um, and so, you know, a, 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 a bidding club could use that as their reason for, for putting a ceiling on what they're willing to pay. So if Man City are trying to re- replace Sergio Aguero with Harry Kane, it really is st- sticking with what you know, isn't it? Okay. We'll, we'll, take a, we'll take someone who will score us 20 goals a season, but he will only play 30 games. Yeah, it, it is kind of a like-for-like, like, at least with later period Sergio Aguero. <laughs> Have you come to a conclusion yet, Emma? Is it a bigger, is it a bigger job? Should Brendan be holding out for to see whether uh, those... Those sh- shaky waters that are appearing around Ronald Ronald Koeman could. Uh... <laughs> do you think he? Do you think he'd work in La Liga? Brendan. Yeah. I think that man would love a tan. <laughs> <laughs> he would love a tan. You're absolutely right about teeth, that. Imagine those teeth with that tan. <laughs> It'd be blinding. Uh, it it probably is a bigger job. Um, Spurs, that is. I mean, they have money to throw at things. Mustard don't really. I mean, can I Harry Kane actually leave though? He signed a six-year contract last year. Like, where is he going to go? Well, Justin says no. I'm sad. I said, Justin says no. He can't leave, so he's not going to leave. He signed a six-year contract. He can't leave. Well, I mean, you know, clubs are always. Can can always hold players to that. Um, it, the question is, you know, ha, I'm trying to think how we, we've seen that before. Um, the first time Ronaldo wanted to leave Manchester United after they won the Champions League, he was pretty pretty declarative about his intentions, and they ended up more or less forcing him to stay another year. Um, with the uh, under- I that was Fergie's move, though, wasn't it? Quite often, sort of like, give me one more year. Yeah, yeah, it was right. And you can uh, go with my blessing after a year. I don't know that there's somebody with the 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 force of of character or personality that could pull that off now. So if the question is, what does Harry Kane do? What are his recourses if Spurs aren't happy with any of the offers that come in? Um, you know, he's 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 the England captain, which makes it a little bit which maybe puts a bit more of a burden on him and what will be expected of him in terms of his behavior and reaction to that kind of thing. I mean, he'll have just won a European championship, so they say. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. he French? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, 
just because I said about them leaving, the the women leaving, doesn't mean you have to hurt me as well. Yeah, you're for it now. <laughs> you're dead. Well, dead after school. <laughs> um, if Manchester City sign Harry Kane, that's they're doing it wrong. Sign Erling Haaland. I don't understand what. the future. It seems to be the same amount of money, right? Why would you go for the 28-year-old with the glass ankles? Exactly. Yeah. The Barcelona will sign Harry Kane. <laughs> Over the 20-year-old who uh, yeah. signed Kane and Sergio Aguero. Exactly, yeah. We'll we'll get the the old men. Yeah, with the, with the, on the idea that when one of them is injured, the other one will be fit, but it won't work that way. It will never work that way, ever. Their schedules will always clash as opposed to... to <laughs> Somehow there's like four broken ankles between them. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. It, it does always feel to me like whatever Rogers is doing with Leicester, he's they're sort of at the peak of what I know they won the league, but it's, they're at the peak of what they can achieve, right? They won the cup, right? So yeah, they won yeah. The cup. yeah. But what I mean is they've obviously achieved more winning previously, but that was a freakish season in many ways. Um, and I've always felt and maybe it will be proven wrong because um uh Ian Atchers had a, a hell of a second half of the season but I've always thought that Leicester were going to be a team that could be in trouble when Vardy left because goal scorers are just so hard to come by mm-hmm. and he's not getting any older and any younger he's obviously getting he's older he's definitely getting older uh, yep. he's getting older um, we, have that, we have that in common <laughs> all of yeah, that. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's what I, I said earlier when you talk when you when you ask about them and Spurs is they are more limited in a footballing sense because of the finances and the size of the squad and the reliance on the top players. And they've lost top players, obviously, from the title winning team who've, you know, Conte and Mares who've gone on to win titles elsewhere. Um, it's kind of a miracle they they held on to Vardy um, and, and he continued to to consistently score goals for them right up until the second half of this season and and this you know he's 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 an older striker who is reliant on his speed and so there's always going to be some kind of drop off at at some point we don't know if this is it we don't know if he just got physically fatigued and had some injuries or if he really is past past his best um but i've had this a similar feeling Adam because there's something about Vardy uh, maybe just the way he is you know he plays with a little bit of a, a swagger uh, that Leicester are always in with a chance especially he's, sort of like their, he's like their their spirit animal yeah they're, they're talisman and especially away from home you know against sides that want to attack them and leave space in behind that they're that's just so dangerous in a, in a, in a flat track race with center backs he, he wins and so do most attacking players, but he's got the composure to then finish once he gets behind them. And so, as you say, Iheanacho, who was sort of in the wilderness for a while after leaving City, and I remember all the all the the high hopes for him at City, where his early returns were were really spectacular for a player of his age, but it didn't last, and and then he didn't make much of an impact at Leicester for a long time. But but it's been a very good 2021 for him. So Chelsea away at Aston Villa, Leicester at home to, to Tottenham and Liverpool at home to Crystal Palace. Are we saying the the top four stays as it is? Do we see any movement? 
Chelsea, Chelsea on 67 points. Liverpool on 66. Leicester on 66. We've talked about the four goals, goal difference. I mean, Liverpool could end up third. I mean, if Arsenal were real team players here, Emma, then Chelsea could have dropped way out of this. They could have won the European Cup, knocked Liverpool out. As long as Arsenal just could, could have just done their bit and won the Europa League. But look where they've left us. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not a serious team. Just, I, I can't do anything good. I don't know that they are. I mean, I'm not even sure they're, they're, that's their goal to be a serious team. I think they're, they're <laughs> a, a vehicle to manipulate the expectations of their fan base. What is funny, though, is that they they might actually finish above Spurs. They could. They're just a point <laughs> back now, hilarious. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're a point back, and they are at home to Brighton. They could finish above Spurs. But you know what? The Spurs Spurs fired their manager this season. It, you should finish above a team that, that sacks the manager. Like it's kind of amazing that they're still behind them. And they've they've had they've had a good decent run this this last two months, Arsenal. I mean I appreciate what you're saying, Justin, but Everton are level on points with them, but we're playing Man City, so you <laughs> yeah. don't always have to care. Well, but again, Man City, Man City have a European Cup final to deal with and so will there be some resting of of critical players there yeah pep might do that rogue thing that i really like where I, wouldn't he plays expect, I wouldn't expect fernandinho to play he's kevin gonna make at least 10 changes yeah kevin de bruyne literally on the field in bubble covered in bubble wrap yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably playing in goal <laughs> yeah hey i've seen it work <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> Ross will be happy. We can talk about how how um, impressive Leeds could be if things go all of their way. How as they could finish as high as well, um, they would have to win by about fifteen goals to finish above Tottenham. They could finish ninth though, right? They They're could finish, capable of scoring. Finish above goals. Arsenal, yeah. They could finish above Everton as well. Yeah, yeah. So they could I had a I had a Twitter debate with somebody around the middle of the season, a Leeds fan who wasn't happy with with Meslier in goal, and I told him he was absolutely insane. Um, he said, "No, he's too, he's too young. We should replace him with a steady veteran." And I said, "You're not going to get relegated. This is the perfect. I'll get booth on." Yeah, I mean, but it's the it's the perfect opportunity to play a 20 year old and get him an entire seasoning of first team football in the Premier League, where you're the squad is good enough to stay up even if he has the occasional mishap, which he didn't any more than anyone else. Um, that's the thing. If you get a steady veteran, whatever that is that he was talking about, that guy's going to make mistakes too. Everybody does. So I think they've played a blinder with him. <laughs> get Scott Carson out there. Wasn't that amazing to see? I, I, I thought he retired at least five years ago. You forgot about the, the well-paid job of being... Um... Apart from being an actual, you know, first team goalkeeper, I think third choice at City has got to be. I mean, Richard Wright before him, and who was it also? Um, but, but what a job! He just. It is one of the um, one of the absolute gifts of being born born a British goalkeeper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's you true. Fill the homegrown quota. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> Can you can you can you take a sort of 
relatively poor cross from quite deep that is actually too high for mainly made for the goalkeeper to collect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're in. You're in. Yeah. Yeah. And here's your here's your here's your salary, which is two to three times anything you've ever seen in your 15 year career leading up to it. Do you have a kit? No, you won't be needing one. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Feel like you missed out on that gig, said. <laughs> yeah, a little too old. Different times. Yeah, very different. I was just, there's a thread a thread on Twitter about the MLS is very transparent with salaries, and they just released somebody released all the goalkeeper salaries, and um, things have definitely changed for the better. I'm not I'm not jealous. I'm very very happy for those guys. I just wish it maybe kicked in a little earlier. <laughs> just think of all that all that money. I know I'm not saying you're this, but all that money they gave Pele before. Just well, see, I I fell in between the two leagues. The, the original North American Soccer League had money, um, you know, because it was a, this new fad and lots of corporations wanted to cash in on it and so you had i mean the new york cosmos were financed by warner brothers and um and that's how it went and there was money back in those days and then the league died around 1985 which was right when i was leaving university and so i had nothing domestically that's why i ended up at bournewood and then mls came around in 1996 by which point i was thoroughly thoroughly tired of of making a, a meager living um, playing in the in these lower divisions that that uh, almost really shouldn't have existed, so I didn't quite have the best luck with when I was born. It sounds hard, man, because of all the, the the travel just must be. It's a very big country. It, it's too big. There, there should be different leagues for different parts of the country. I I I'm impressed. I don't know how the guys do it today that play in the lower divisions here in the U.S. The U.S.L. one and two, because. That that money really isn't any better than it was, you know, in, in when I was playing in those leagues, um, hasn't really kept up with the cost of living. And so and they're, they're these these trips that where you go from Miami to, to Seattle and, and Syracuse, New York, down to Memphis and you're away from home for four days and crossing multiple time zones and playing in front of almost nobody, even before covid, because they're not particularly well supported leagues. And they're doing it all for a salary that, in some cases, isn't even enough. They also have to coach youth teams, you know, in a local club or or a club affiliated with their with their pro side. Tough, it's a tough gig. Yeah, rather than than me, I think. Yeah. Um. What an interesting tip as well. We'd like, we'd like to talk. There's the old saying in the uh, in England. They love to to knock out the cliche of saying. Get get yourself to forty points and you'll stay up. Well, there's a there's a chance that twenty nine might have been enough. Are these some of the worst teams to play in the Premier League? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I don't know though because like Brighton are sitting in sixteenth, and I've been I've been pretty impressed with Brighton most of the season. They've done some decent stuff. Um, but as are in thirteenth, and we just talk, and we talked about how bad Wolves are in twelfth. Yeah, yeah. Well, but well, no, bad to watch though. That's a different thing. Um, they're not easy to beat, uh, and they and they they can get a result now and then. They just from Wolves a couple of years ago, you know, um, where they were really quite fun to watch and exciting. Um, it's, it's not a lot of fun fun these days. 
but they are still, you know, half, half decent side. I don't know. That that's always a fun topic. Like the worst, you know, you can quantify this based on points. The worst Premier League side of all time is it? Wasn't it? Who was it? Was it Barnsley? Who was it that was? Derby. Uh, Derby, I think. Derby. That's right. Thirteen points was it that they came up with one year? Something atrocious like that. I could. I. Yeah. I, the, the, my takeaway from um, that was, I think, I think it was Paul Jewell became manager halfway through the season. Halfway through the season, and, and I can just remember him having to like, be trotted out for these um, post-match press conferences where he just had to say the same thing over and over again. Like this isn't like it, it wasn't his team. It was like we just keep trying, we we'll keep trying, we we'll keep yeah. trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's- that's got to be gruesome. Yeah, it was poor Joe. Um, if you look at the goal differences, it's really kind of amazing. <laughs> Palace are all the way up in 13th, but they have a, a goal difference of minus 23. I don't know how you do that. I don't even do that because Brighton are down in 16th with a goal difference of minus four. Was it? I was going to, yeah, that, I, I was looking at that and thinking, I was actually quite impressed that. Um, more teams had a positive goal difference, and then I remembered that Everton, were, Everton on only plus four are playing City, and we might endanger that record. They, you're right. You might slip below below par. Um, it depends on the mood they're in, I guess. It is funny though. It's right. The line is right at eleven. You know, Villa are positive eight, and then Wolves are minus fifteen, one spot down. But the gap, there's also a gap, like a. Um, a gap or almost a chasm, right? There's like yeah. seven points between those two. There's oh. seven points between them and, and 23 between them on the goal difference. That is quite a gap. I mean, Emma, there's really nothing interesting. Have you got anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about La Liga. What? Let's talk about... No, it's a hellhole. Hellscape. <laughs> We actually have a title race, though, so there that's we go. That's why we should talk about it. Is that, <laughs> that's exactly why we should talk about it. But I hate it. Okay. Because uh, we're not in it. Because we threw it away. And it is just, yeah, it, it is just the one game left, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, on Sunday. Are you playing at the same time? Are you trying to have... Who, who? No, it's on Sunday. No, you're playing so? on Saturday. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's right. They moved all the games because of the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> the one thing they will move games for. Yeah, that's right. Not the Women's Champions League final. No, no. But the Eurovision Song Contest. That's you get on. I am so happy the Eurovision Song Contest exists because that's always my go-to when one of my European friends starts to subtly take the cultural superiority stand <laughs> with, with me and I, I remind him of the existence of the Eurovision Song Contest. It's like, yeah, we do have that. It's a very, very, I mean... I, it's weird, I, isn't it? It's very weird. You know, I, I acclimated to European life pretty well. I, I, I picked up on cricket and um, a lot of other things, but I, I really... I think I'm a question whether that's European life. <laughs> yeah, that's not you. There's no cricket in European life. Well, good point, good point, good point. British, <laughs> British, I'll say British. Um, is it um, is it treated quite as camply in Spain as it is in this country? Uh, I don't know how. The Eurovision Song Contest, not cricket. Oh, 
I thought you guys loved cricket. <laughs> <laughs> cricket cr- cricket's yes. quite campy too. <laughs> I wasn't it saying is. it wasn't, but oh yeah, um, they, it's an extraordinary thing. People like have parties and watch oh, it and yeah. stuff, and I'm like, no, just stop. But they're doing it ironically, right? Uh, no. But is it because in this country they're doing it ironically, but ironically so much ironically that it's no longer ironic. Yeah, there's a line that gets crossed, yeah. and you circle back around now, and, and it's <laughs> totally, totally fully enthusiastic, no longer ironic. Yeah, when you're when you're drawing lots on which country you've got to draw, dress up as. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, people dress up? I don't even want to know what somebody dresses up for, Spain, giant <laughs> orange. <laughs> I know what your go-to would be. <laughs> You have no idea. Why is it the last game of the season, but you're playing uh, the games on four different times? Because that's how we do things. Well, originally, there were supposed to be games on Saturday and games on Sunday. I think my favourite might be this idea of having the um, the Sevilla Alaves oh. game as the according last game of the my, season. According to my fixtures, they all kick off at the same time. It says on the BBC Sport website. And there's still games on Sunday. Yeah, there's games on two games on Sunday. Which kick off at different ki- at different times. Yeah. And all the games on Saturday kick off at six. Yeah, but you've also got but you've also got a game on Friday night. Is there a game on what the f- oh god, yeah. But what what I like is why what is even the point of having this Zavia Alaves game at <laughs> Eight o'clock on Sunday, the the uh, the curtain fall on the season, a game that means nothing. <laughs> You're familiar with La Liga, right? <laughs> it's not a really well put together institution. This is why we don't make a lot of money because it's very poorly run. They could do this better by having everything on at the same time and doing like a super day out of it, but that's not how they roll. But people only care about Atletico versus Real Madrid anyway. Not that they're playing each other, but in the title race. And I'm considering, I'm guessing, considering Valladolid are nineteenth, uh, that people pretty much think Atletico have this in the bag. Uh yeah. I mean, it would be a huge shock if Valladolid draw, draw, loss, loss, loss. Yeah. Um. But Atletico Madrid do like to suffer. That is their brand. If you look at the weekend, they didn't score until like the 80th minute because suffering. Not like Um, how we want to suffer. So they'll make it difficult for for themselves, no doubt. But they'll still win. Who are Real Madrid playing? I don't know. Real? Oh, well, Unai Emery is surely going to come through for us. He owes us, right? I've watched a lot of bad football. With, I mean, for free, granted, I got taken, but it was still a lot of <laughs> in that stadium. Look at you complaining about free gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can look a gift horse in the mouth, am I right? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, he owes us, but then again, he has the Europa League to worry about, so... I wonder if you will just tank this game and put it down to experience. 
throw his hat into the ring to replace Zidane Zidane. Apparently they're going for Allegri. Has he announced that he's actually leaving? Because it's just, it's everywhere in the UK media. Uh, no, not officially, but it's pretty nailed on that he will. Uh, the, the, like, the money is that he's going to go manage Juventus, because that makes sense. Well, is he going to turn up and hold Pillow's hand, or? But I thought Pillow had already been sacked. Has Pillow been sacked? Hasn't he? Uh, or is he, he's at least leaving, right? 20, 20, 20 hours ago, Goal.com, Perlo says he would confirm himself as Juve manager for next season. Oh. That's not what they were saying in the Spanish media. I mean, he was, he was quite bravely saying this. Uh, 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 uh. But they won a cup, right? So he's probably bought himself a grace period. Yeah, they beat Atalanta in the um in the Coppa Italia. Um, but yeah, apparently Zidane is is not happy and wants to leave. So I don't know. But the number one choice for them is Allegri to take over, rather than Raúl from um Madrid Castilla or B. I don't remember where he is. Which fans don't really like. They want Raul to be their manager, and I don't know why. Because um, everyone wants the next Pep Guardiola, right? Why did you think that's going to be Raul? Well, no, I'm not saying he is, but that's why Frank Lampard becomes Chelsea manager. That's why. <laughs> right, yeah. That's why most Barcelona fans want Xavi to be the next manager. Yeah, it's dumb. Exactly. Speaking of which, isn't the. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Frank Lampard is the odds-on favourite to report re, um, to replace Roy Hodgson at Palace. Has there ever been a more Crystal Palace thing to do than to get Frank Lampard? It's very Crystal Palace. That might be his level. That might be above it. I, I mean, I, I think we found it abundantly clear that his level wasn't in the Championship with Derby. So what? Yeah, I mean, in the Premier League with Crystal Palace. I mean, uh, Roy Hodgson kept them in the Premier League year after year. I'm, I'm, I think that would be a very dangerous appointment by them. And for that reason, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think I, think I refer to him as being the uh, the English equivalent of, of um, Frank de Boer. <laughs> he was at Crystal Palace, wasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Is Roy Hodgson retiring, or is he just I don't think he is. wanting another job? I don't think he's officially retiring. I thought he was. I mean, based on his statement, I thought he said, uh, you know, it's just time for me to step away from the game. Could be wrong. He's like 70, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a young man. He deserves a rest. Yeah. Doesn't he strike you as being like a, a footballing nerd, though, like, like Wenger? Like, he won't be able to leave it alone. Well, he may end up, yeah. Um, hopefully, he doesn't throw his hat into the "Hey, let's try this for offsides" ring. But but he may stay involved in a you know global capacity in some way. He'll probably get a cushy job on TV. Yeah, I hope he doesn't do that. I, I, have you heard him speak? I don't think they will give him a 
job on TV. Really? I, do you know what? I haven't heard him speak a lot, if I'm honest. He's very, he's a very bright man. He's very art, well spoken. If you were to read the transcript, that's the nicest way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd listen to, what, I'd, I'd read what he has to say. I just yeah. don't, I don't okay. want to hear him say it. I see. Well, uh, like watching the Euros this summer when he gets a job. <laughs> commentating on them. Him and Clive Tilsley. Dream team. Yeah. <laughs> so, Roy, what was going through your head when you were playing Iceland at this point? <laughs> oh. I mean, I'd be, it would be, it'd be unfair of us not to use one bit of um, Chris's notes, so we can finish off by talking about how Ruben Diaz was which one of these awards? Because there's so many of them. He's won the, the Football Writers Association, Association Player of the Season award. Yeah, that's that's the absolute all-time Football Writers Player of the Year pick because they uh, there's almost this this streak in them that says no, we're not going to pick the most obvious eye-catching player. We're going to we're above that. We're going to we're going to pick the one who who filled a needed role in the squad and brought much needed stability. And all that's true about Ruben Diaz. I can I can understand um why he would be in the mix for that kind of thing. But don't do that. Don't don't pick someone un, uninspiring and unexciting because they filled a vital role in the title winning team. Is this like when um when Cannavaro won the the Ballon d'Or, World Player of the Year, yes, it very very similar, very similar. I mean, these awards are are meaningless, so at least make them fun. Um, don't. <laughs> I would have don't. voted for Gundogan just for the love. Yeah. When yes, you say sure, when you say fun, when you say fun is in like pure chaos, is in like. Well, that's going to be hole. Or well, no, fun is in someone who who you could put a highlight package of their season together and that would be a fun video to watch if you did that for ruben diaz you you would see a lot you'd make michael cox very happy i'm sure but you know take someone taking sensible covering positions (laughs) doesn't make for a a fantasy highlight package and i mean again please understand that that give me more ruben diaz is in my squad I, i totally see the value of that but but giving that sort of player, player of the year, much like Cannavaro. Um, that's what the trophy's for. That's what the title's for. That's what that guy won. That's what he did. That's what he brought to, to Manchester City. But, yeah, Gundogan or somebody like that, that, that I don't know, maybe it's a, a, antithetical to say this as a goalkeeper, but it's isn't this thing, awards like that, more about attacking and goals and, and fun? They're going to take your, your union card off you if you say things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you finished above, so you say you finished finishing above Harry Kane in second and Kevin De Bruyne in third is, is the wrong way around. No, I'm I just saying, is, I, isn't it? I, yeah, but I, I'm not surprised though, because it comes from the writers and, and look, I think in the last few years, particularly the, the traditional football writing has felt a little bit of pressure from the analytics and blogger community who have sort of surpassed them, them in, in basic understanding of the game in many cases. And, and so I think a decision, a choice like this almost reflects that almost reflects them saying, well, we'll look, we'll look a little bit more deeply at it and see who actually, you know, 
affected outcomes more and and were... so so at, at 65 million pound the moneyball signing ruben diaz yeah yeah <clears throat> so would you as would you care more justin as for the players player or the football writers if you could win one i know how you said these awards are meaningless yeah well that's tough too because the players get it spectacularly wrong also Sometimes, um, I think the I mean, player always seems to be devalued when you hear the stories about how either like the captain fills in all of the bats or they don't look at them and they fill them in in February. And yeah, that's the other thing, too. And when they also have to wonder, like, how much football players actually watch, they are generally playing at the same time as each other. Um, if, if you even just a regular league weekend, half the sides are playing on a Saturday, the other half are playing on a Sunday or some split thereof. You're not watching the matches that are played the same day you're playing. I know some of the players are, are geeks for it and watch everything they can. Others aren't that interested. But even the ones who are, are they just going based on their experience uh, on the day playing against that player and being Jeez. impressed by them? <laughs> Two times, you know. Who knows? So I mean, they, they pick the team of the year, don't they? The PFA team of the year and they get that astoundingly wrong on a pretty regular basis <laughs> so um oh wow well, you're uh, if you ask me which one i would i would rather i think probably still the players just because so many of the writers are, are um I, I guess i'd just go with the players still i don't want to say anything negative about the writers <laughs> So as a collective of arts and too many people off, there was a public vote held on the on the BBC Sport website, which um, I'm surprised wasn't won by a Liverpool player, but Ruben Diaz did win that with 30% of the vote. Um, we can see which other great minds. They've gone through all their pundits. Alan Shearer, Ruben Diaz, Mark Lawrenson, Kevin De Bruyne, Ruud Hullet, Phil Foden, Jane, Jermaine Genus, Elkhart Gundogan, and us. Here we go, Justin. Dion Dublin, Casper Schmeichel. How about that? My left field. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, but that's you know, he's had a fantastic season. I can see why. Why? But is the is the award? You know, here's who played the best this season, or is it? Um, you know, here's who who helped win win things, win trophies. Yeah, because if you look at the we said that look at the stats. Harry Kane has, according to the BBC Sport website, Harry Kane has 35 goal goal involvements, 22 goals and 13 assists, more than any other player. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, Man City should sign him. Yeah, and we've gone full circle. Yeah. Do you have anything else? When, when, uh, do you want to talk any more about Barcelona women, or are you all <laughs> until the sun sets? Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> no one's going to want to listen to that. So, so we're, we're out, are we? We're done. I, I think our conclusion is: don't watch the football on Sunday. Go outside in the park. Yeah, if it's a nice day, enjoy it. Even if it's not, it's going to rain, but <laughs> but don't stay in for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, 
we've we've struggled through, guys. We've survived. So um, thank you very much. Um, we, do we have any other business? Do we? Any, uh... <laughs> I don't we think had any business. We exactly. Before. I was going to say we we've done really some miraculous work to still be yeah. speaking <laughs> at, at at this time. I mean, I tried really hard, Chris, to read all about what happened in in all of these different leagues, but the writing was just too small that I I couldn't I couldn't tell you what happened in uh, the African or <laughs> the African Champions League or. I do want to know about that neurosurgeon thing, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you get in touch about the neurosurgeon, Chris, when you when you hear this, yeah. you, you'll want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because we've let the listeners down by not telling them about that. <laughs> um, if you're listening at this point and you haven't, and you want to know about the neurosurgeon, on Twitter, at Man on the Post, Chris will uh, get back to you. He will let you know everything. Every little detail of that story on Instagram, man on the post, on Facebook, man on the post. Um, I mean, I guess Ali Davis a preview, a, a post-season podcast, but the chance they might not watch the game either because we haven't encouraged it. Um, <laughs> if that's not out, I'm sure there'll be something else, and then it's the Euros soon, and we can hear how much, we can constantly hear about how much. Emma loves international football. <laughs> it's my favourite thing in the world. Cool. Yeah, it is indeed. So, well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all that's left to say is always keep your man on the post. <laughs>